Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. <laughs> what an intro. We're back. Woo! Yay. Yay. We were um, in the lockdown doldrums the other week and our recommendation wells had run dry. So thank you for bearing with us while we took a little break. But look, mate, spring is here. Daylight savings is just around the corner. By the time this episode airs, we're both going to be double vaxxed. Thank God. Thank God. We'll be in each other's arms having the world's longest hug any day now. Yeah, we can. We've been through a marathon. We're coming up on the final kilometer of the world's longest fucking lockdown. <laughs> Is it the world's longest? Probably not. Um, no, I think apparently if we go to mid October, it's officially the longest. Oh, great. Which that's fine. We don't need to get there though. We can finish earlier. We're gonna. We're doing great, guys. We're doing Thank great. Thank you for having us. <laughs> we're doing great. <laughs> can see the light. Can see the light. So much light. Uh, how are you this week? Uh, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> I was chatting to Scott about this. It's like, oh, when lockdown is over, it'll be great. Like, it'll be so good. Like you can go on a holiday or something, but then you're like, no, you can't. It's just going to get busier. Like it's just going to get busier <laughs> when lockdown, when lockdown <laughs> ends. Like it's like people think that lockdown was a holiday and then you get back to work like after lockdown, but lockdown was no holiday. It was not there a were holiday. no holidays. So, I'm doing like yeah. six hours on Zoom every day. Like it is, it is long, <laughs> long yeah. days. So I've got to like put something in the diary, plan something like just a little weekend away or something when we can travel and just run to that with unbounded enthusiasm. Do you know what I've just realised and I hadn't realised until we had this conversation? We're going to go out of lockdown and almost straight into silly season. Horny chaos, it's back. Oh, it's back, guys. It is going to be back, except it's going to be outdoors this time entirely. <laughs> except we're picnics. emerging as like trolls. Like I'm like, from my cage. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> my hair done so badly. Oh, God. How are you? Uh, I need to zap my chin. I feel like I'm developing a beard. So I hope everyone's oh excited God. for me to emerge <laughs> from my cave. <laughs> gremlins of highly enthused <laughs> the gremlins of highly enthused um let's dive in let's get started on our exciting recommendations okay you go first i am going first so i have a recipe and a tale a story of our youth <laughs> so the recipe i am talking about this week is a flashback to the sweet early days of our friendship it's a recipe by our lovely mutual friend lizzie hewson who is of saturday night past to fame and was a guest on our podcast back in 2019 but she wrote this recipe um for prawn burgers uh for her first cookbook which she published quite a few years ago now called moving out and eating in and back then you decided you want to write them up for your blog and you asked me to come and take photos of them, which made me feel so cool at the oh time. God. I forgot that you shot them. You are cool. Oh, I remember it so distinctly because I thought you two were like the coolest people I'd ever met. So anyway, guys, if you two want to feel super cool and exciting, you should make these really delicious burgers. I remembered about them because Lizzie actually posted them on her Instagram. They're so good if you're cooking for a crowd, if you're cooking for a solo dinner at home, if you've got, you know, family to feed. They're just like so easy to make, but they taste like you've put a lot of effort into them, which is my mm. favorite kind of 
dish personally. <laughs> I want it to be high impact, low effort. So the, the key here is you want to buy raw green prawns that have already been shelled and tailed. The trickiest part is you just like slice them up with a sharp knife really finely till you get them into a sort of nice small mince. And that's probably the most time consuming. In fact, that is the most time consuming part of the whole thing. So then you just mix in like lemon zest, chopped capers, garlic, parsley, shape them into patties. Then you put them in the fridge to firm up a little, which takes like a minute. And then when you're ready to serve them, you just roll them in panko and shallow fry them till they're crisp and golden. And then you put them in burger buns with very generous dollop of lemony mayonnaise and crisp lettuce leaf. Yum. This is actually such a good level up to just like the prawn roll, which is just delicious, like Mm. boiled prawns in a roll, a bit of mayo, a bit of lettuce. It's like got that golden crunchiness. It's got the caper vibe Mm. and the herbiness. Yeah. And it's as satisfying as like a, f- a fried chicken sandwich or burger, but mm. you shallow fry, so it's nowhere near as annoying. You don't have to figure out what to do with a fucking liter of ol- like canola oil afterwards. And it's just like lighter and fresher, way less fiddly. And they're so quick, like considering how tasty and like delicious they are, it really doesn't take much time. Oh, she's good, that Lizzie Houston. She's, she's good. good. She's good. Apparently you can also make the like – pre-shape the patties and then just put them in the fridge for like a day so if you've got time like at lunch or in the morning you could like whip this up and then you literally just fry and go you could probably Um, freeze them actually as well yeah I haven't tried that but I'm sure you could but I really want to do them again and like riff on it and do like a Japanese kind of flavor Mm. like um you know ume Ume Burger does the delicious EB fry, like where you like do the panko fried with like QP mayonnaise, shredded cabbage, that bulldog sauce. Oh, yeah. I feel like that would be really tasty as well. But yeah, prawn burgers. It's unexpected. So good. Oh, that was a fun day back in, when was it? <laughs> like 2010. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what about you? What are you eating this week? Well, I just want to thank the universe once more for delivering me the ideal product from my ramblings. I love caper berries, as listeners from this podcast will know. I love Truly. martinis, as <laughs> listeners will know. I feel like Archie Rose Distillery was listening and created my ideal bottle cocktail, the caperberry martini. It's very kind of them. So very kind. kind of them. So kind. Um <laughs> Archie Rose like nails the pre-batch bottled cocktail game. It used to be like a fun thing they did every so often, um, but they have just like smashed them out lately. There's so many good ones all the time. Uh, they're limited edition. They are so delicious. The R&D cocktail developer there is wildly talented and the Capeberry Martini has inside it Bone Dry Gin, which is a new gin from Archie Rose, super heavy on the juniper which I quite like, Um, obviously very dry. A little sake, which is cool. I haven't had a sake in in a martini before, but it's that we're trying to describe the flavor of of sake and we're like milky. It it kind of is a bit milky. It's got that like Mm. lactic taste to it and caperberry, Brian. Caperberries are just the best. Yum. And, you know, you've got to garnish it with a little a freshie from the fridge. I was just about to ask. I was hoping you'd added a little caperberry in there. Yeah, del- delicious. So the one thing is this is a 700ml bottle. <laughs> um, I think the one thing that stops me making martinis like on the regular is just like the faff about it, even though it's an extremely easy cocktail to make. You still need like 
you still need to like stir something, like oh organize god. yourself. I know. Oh my god! I know. Yes, I know. you pour two things into a glass and you stir <laughs> it. It's very challenging. <laughs> yeah, but like it's still an, an extra step, isn't it? <laughs> it's basically a gin and tonic. Um, but this, it's just—it's so easy. You just pour it from the bottle into your glass over ice. They removed the stirring step. Very generous the of combining, them. <laughs> the combining and the stirring and the straining. Do you wait, do you need to strain a martini? Yeah. Well, yeah, unless you want the ice to go in. Yeah. So much, so much to do. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, now it's just, like, dangerously easy, extremely, extremely fun and tasty and really good to bring to a party. I reckon if you rocked up with this rather than a bottle of wine, you'd be everyone's best friend. Yeah, I would love you. Yeah. You are contractually obliged to love me even if I don't bring you, so. (laughs) Yeah, but it would be so much more genuine if you showed up with one of these. (laughs) I'm kidding. Obviously, my love is unconditional. So it is $89. You can buy it on the Archie Rose website. It is the Caperberry Martini Bottle Cocktail. Very, very yum. Okay, read, watch, listen. What you got? Ooh, disco. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Spoil it for me. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay, hear me out. I think disco is going to be the soundtrack to this chaotic hot vax summer. I fucking love disco. I'm so great for this. Great. We'll be playing this when we read up for the first time. So I think it's been bubbling away for a while now. I Mm -hmm. swear it was like the soundtrack to all the Instagram stories I've been watching of people partying in New York whilst I've been at home, always at home. Um, But it's just, I feel like it's just the soundtrack that we need for this moment. I mean, we all need a pick-me-up. We need a little escape. We need a little like vava something to get us going, you know, get the engines revving again. Mm-hmm. And I think I think disco's it. And I think it's good because it's not like a super emotional type of music. It's kind of got that even relentless beat that just kind of propels you along and drives you forward. And then it's got all this is such a non-technical description of a, of a musical genre, but it's got all these like jazzy, synthy kind of swirly bits over the top. It's just <laughs> great time do you have like some examples I do I do um look full disclosure as well I think my love of disco is actually quite um bedded into me because my sisters and I were obsessed and I do mean obsessed with the Priscilla Queen of the Desert soundtrack when we were children and we would choreograph entire dance routines to this soundtrack I can still sing pretty much every word to every song um, so I was definitely primed. It might not even be a newfound love. It might be like a really built-in <laughs> sort of into my DNA. Um, but I've got a couple of recommendations for you. I'm actually going to include a playlist that I've been building over the last few weeks in the newsletter this week, so my own personal list of favourites. Mm. Um, but our old problematic fave, Alex Delaney, has a enormous disco playlist on Spotify called Disco Drop that literally has 29 hours of disco. I mean, that's about how many hours we need after this lockdown. Frankly, you could just play it from now until lockdown is ended. (laughs) You would probably never hear the same song twice. Um, Look, this is going to be maybe the most redundant statement I've ever made on this podcast, but disco just makes you want to dance. 
It makes you ready for a good time. <laughs> I think that's why it was invented. Truly. It's almost it's almost like that's what it was designed for. But, you know, play it while you're cooking, play it at a picnic, when we get to have those first dinner parties, when you're fully vaxxed and all those rules of relax, play it then and watch that dinner party turn into a dance party. Like it's going to be a good time. I can't wait for dinner parties. Oh my god, I've never missed dinner parties so much. So <laughs> I just much. Miss them. Oh, that sounds awesome. We need to yeah. uh, hit that disco playlist ASAP for sure. So if you're looking for the Alex Delaney one, it's called Disco Drop. But if you search for Alex Delaney, all of his playlists will show up. I can also really recommend searching the Last Days of Disco soundtrack. That's got some great stuff on there. I personally am a big fan of Sister Sledge as a starting point. Put that on, make it a radio station. You're going to thank me. Thank you. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) I was literally typing up the script to this, just like grooving at my desk, just like listening to the songs. It was great. Lovely. A really great genre recommendation. Very good. (laughs) Can't get much broader than disco. Okay, what about your read, watch, or listen? Which one are you doing this week? I've got a book. Uh, <gasps> I know. I, it's been a long time between books. <laughs> um, but I have been reading. I, I read a lot of memoir, as you probably all know. I feel like every book I recommend is memoir. I feel I'm like, oh, my God, this is like becoming an exclusive genre for me. <laughs> it's like all I'm reading. I don't know why. I just get really drawn into it. And there's just so many good ones out there. And they are so I love a memoir. Ones. Yeah, so many good ones. Memoir is doing lots of interesting things as a form at the moment. So mm. I don't think it's a bad choice. Oh, it's definitely not a bad choice. It's an excellent choice. But it's like <laughs> probably annoying for listeners who want recommendations. So the one that I've been reading was Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zauner. Great book. Have you read it? I have. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's so good. So Michelle is the front woman of the American indie rock band Japanese Breakfast. And the book came out this year, but it originally started as an essay in The New Yorker about Michelle crying in a H-Mart Korean supermarket after her mama died um, because the food and the smells of that place brought up just so many emotions for her. And it was a total sensation, the book. It was a New York Times bestseller. She was interviewed on the Cut podcast, if you want to go back and listen to that one. And it's being made into a film, which is exciting mm. as well. Um, it's only been released this year, so that is, like, crazy that it's already um, got that. But it's a really, really beautiful book. Story of Michelle and her mum leading up to when she her mum dies of cancer. It's really honest and raw and vulnerable about, about her mum's illness. She really doesn't hold back about the good, bad, and the ugly um, of that experience and kind of the, you know, more spiky facets of their relationship through her childhood and, like, growing older and growing closer. Pretty remote relationship with her dad woven through and just Korean food, which is just (laughs) Oh, my God, yes. An incredible anchor to the whole story. The meals her Korean aunties made for her mum when she was sick, there's this awesome description of this pine nut porridge that they make which is just blended rice with soaked rice with pine nuts that's slowly warmed over a stove to thicken kind of like I don't know this custardy smooth silky texture and I just want to make it so badly the kimchi fridge she inherited after her mum died 
fridge dedicated to kimchi. If I mention that to my husband, he will have one in the house, like ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> um, the meals they ate together in food courts and the recipes that Michelle teaches herself to make almost like manically after her mum dies. She looked up this YouTube Korean cook called Mangchi who after doing a bit of research after this and asking people on Instagram where to go for great Korean recipes, this is like the woman you go to. Such a good follow on YouTube. Definitely check it out because all her recipes are so, so tasty on there. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. I just couldn't put it down. It was engrossing. It was beautifully well-written, especially about food. It didn't have recipes like scattered throughout it which I find a bit annoying in food memoir I'm just like oh, I don't want to read this recipe I'm just like skipping past yeah um yeah it really just hooked me the whole way through and I cannot wait for the movie oh yeah it's such a good book it's really moving like you said um and like pretty like uh hard going if you've you know like in terms of the descriptions of like caring for her mum and, mm. and the sort of late stages of her life but also like very beautiful and unflinching um, in terms of like being willing to to talk about that quite difficult or obviously very difficult and um, sad part of her life. But, yeah, as you said, so beautiful mm. um, as a book and a memoir. Yeah, really, really great book. It's called Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zauner. Apparently the audio version is really good as well if you um, are into Audible. Buy or do self, what's up? Picnics are back, bitches. Yes. They really are back. In I'll tell you, Coogee Headland is like a nightclub on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Like, it is party central. Um, and I think we're in one of those there are so many rules, there are no rules kind of situations. So there seems like there's quite a bit of laxity around when you're normally not allowed to bring alcohol. <laughs> now everyone is like, go for it, have fun. Mm. Um, so if you are heading to a picnic and you need to transport a couple of bottles of the fancy wine you've been bulk purchasing in lockdown because it has been, as we mentioned a few weeks back, spring wine release season, you're going to need your very own vintage decor wine cooler. Mm. Now, what is a decor wine cooler? Well, look, I need to tell you a story about this before I dive into it. Basically, a couple of months back, I got this like one of the thousands of newsletters I'm subscribed to. So I'm like very hip, cool American mentioned it as like her best recent eBay purchase. She was like, these decor vintage wine coolers are like these beautifully designed objects. You can find them on eBay, Australia, pretty cheap. And I was like, lol, my dad had one of these. He's literally had one since before I was born. And I was like, that's so funny that they're like back in style. And then I forgot about it. But then about a fortnight ago, I was on Instagram And one of the, like, again, thousands of cool vintage homewares accounts I follow posted, like, they had four of them that they were selling in all these, like, really cool muted colors. And they sold out, like, so quickly. Mm. I was like, hmm, maybe I should get one of these. (laughs) So I did. So this is my most recent fun, frivolous purchase. And I'll backtrack so you actually know what the fuck I'm talking about. They're these very simple, like, hard rigid plastic wine coolers that were created by this Australian homewares brand called Decor which still exists today um, but has like a very storied history. They first designed them in 1978. Apparently they were designed to meet the needs of people in Melbourne who patronized BYO restaurants which was a popular practice at this time. 
I've taken that description from the Powerhouse Museum collection website because they're such a famous design, apparently, that they're like in the museum. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so they're like really tall and narrow. And if you like look down on them, they're kind of shaped almost like a tablet or a pill. So kind of like a rectangle, but with curvy ends. Um, and they fit two wine bottles perfectly and there's a special ice pack that sort of sits in the middle of the two wine bottles that you fill with water and freeze. So they just like keep your wine really chilled. They're a very pleasingly designed object and they come in these like really awesome muted vintage colours um, like like a teal green and a mustardy yellow and a dusty red and I got this like pretty great bright blue colour with aquamarine accents. Why is the mustard one $145 but the brown one is $49? <laughs> because the mustard one, I know which one you're looking at because I did the same eBay search, is from 1978 and I think the other ones are later versions. But, yeah, you can keep an eye on eBay and Etsy. They've almost always got uh, some popping up. Um, I got mine for about $70 including shipping. Um, they also make cask wine coolers, which <gasps> I find really fun cool. for some reason um, and they're just like really great to have and if you look after them like my dad has looked after them you will have it for 30 something years because my dad's is in perfect condition so I thought it was time I had my own yeah imagine what they'll be worth then in I know. 30 years well, probably about the same thing that I paid for it really oh my god this is so cool I really want one of these I know they're just one of those things you look at them and you're like yes that's a perfect object. I must have it. I know with that brand decor. Yeah, I've seen that logo yeah, before. It's still around. But yeah, so vintage decor, two bottle wine coolers. I'll send a link to the best eBay search term you can use. Um, but yeah, have a have a Google. They'll they'll definitely pop up. They're always sort of showing up. If I haven't bought them all first. Sorry. If Sophie hasn't purchased them before this episode is. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I am still on the Korean train for this episode because I've got something that's both a TikTok trend and a timeless skincare routine. <laughs> <laughs> all the best things are. So when we were in Korea in 2019, we did the rite of passage thing where you go to a Korean bathhouse where you strip down completely nude, you walk into a room where there are multiple big pools, big round pools. There's like a really, really hot one, a little bit cooler one, and then a freezing cold one. There's mirrors everywhere. There's Korean women completely in the nude sitting on little stools and like scrubbing their body and like have mud on their face and they're just like, luxuriating in this spa environment you soak in the pools to get your skin all supple and soft you then get beckoned over to a plastic covered bed like dentist bed (laughs) kind of thing (laughs) you lie down this woman is wearing like a bra and undies she's covered in water she has her hands covered in these like two mitts she beckons Mm. you just to lie down you kind of do because, and you're a little bit nervous. You're lying there and she just scrubs your skin so, so hard. Circular motion, circular motion. The, your skin is like rubbed basically a whole layer off, so much so <laughs> that you can see the skin in pencil shaving-esque Ew. gray. Like it is disgusting. It's completely disgusting. You're like, oh, so what's that like itchy feeling on me? And you look down and you're like... <gasps> 
there's so much skin. Like it's like all dead skin that's been like rubbed off you. I don't know if anyone else knows this, but if you have a lot of baths, maybe this happens to you when you're like been in a bath for a while, like an hour. (laughs) And you just like rub your finger like against your leg or something and the skin like rolls off. It's really gross. And like your feet are really gross. Yeah. Yeah. Like around your ankles. Yeah. Um, so once you've had this experience where you, you have been like scrubbed raw of your outer epidermis, (laughs) she then like drops a bucket of water on you. So it all just washes off. She does the other side, she washes your hair and then like you're out the door. There's like no frills. But once you've had this experience, all you can think about is this layer of skin on you that you need to get off. Like, you're like, <laughs> I just need to get rid of it. Like she got rid of it that time. Like it's on me. Like I need to get rid of it. In Korea, people get a scrub like every couple of weeks. Some people get it every week, but you probably don't need to get that frequently. You do need your skin after all. <laughs> yeah. It's only a few layers. And so ever since then, I've just been really just – wanting that experience back and I was lying in the bath the other night and I was like I bet I can find one of those mitts that that woman used (laughs) like I found I've used those mitts that are like you know really rough like um, loofah-esque exfoliating gloves but they've just never really worked and I found the real deal on eBay it's five dollars for a pack of four and it's like this viscose square that you slide your hand into it's bright green made in Korea you wet it and it kind of shrinks to the shape of your hand. And once you've soaked in a bath for, you know, half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half, depending on how long your baths are, mine are no judgment. Long. <laughs> um, when your skin is all supple and soft, you kind of have to stand up or drain the bath and don't use any soap. I think that is key. Some people say to use soap, but it just doesn't work as well. And you just rub this really coarse, viscous mitt on your skin and the same thing happens. Like your skin, you can see it coming off. Like you can see it, which I think is so satisfying. It's got to be like the most world's most satisfying thing. I'm literally rubbing my hands on my arms being like, get off me. What, I know. What can you're I like, get it's off? like this claustrophobia. You're like, I can feel it. Like, get off me. Um, <laughs> so you emerge from the bath and your skin is like pink because you just, you know. Rubbed it off. Rubbed it off, literally. <laughs> There's a few like, you know, got to wash out the the detritus in the bath you've left behind, which is a bit feral. But my skin is so so soft like I can't even tell you this is the best investment is five dollars for four you get it on ebay oh my god two little ebay um links in this this week's newsletter honestly it's the best if not just for the soft skin feeling just for the satisfaction of seeing your <laughs> dead skin drained down the path drained this is disgusting and liberating at the same time sounds so great i can't wait to scrub all of my skin off wash that lockdown off people wash it off emerge fresh and new it is essential that you don't use this on your face um (laughs) it's just too rough i know i am a big fan of the muslin cloth but even for me this is too hectic. <laughs> you just need it for your like nice firm legs and shoulders and arms and back. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. It doesn't really have a brand. There's like heaps of them, but um, you'll know when you see it. It's bright green. It's got like lines on it. Very no frills, but very excellent. Korean viscose scrub mitt. If you want to just like go on a TikTok 
extender and look up Korean scrub mitt. There's like hundreds of videos of people doing it. (laughs) I'll link one in the newsletter. But yeah, that's me. Shiny and new. (laughs) A whole new woman. Okay. It's time for the fast fast All right. Let's go. Okay. I have a podcast episode recommendation. Oh, yay. It's called The Mystery of the Hole in the Universe. It's... On the Conversations podcast with Richard Feidler. So this is one of those like classic ABC podcasts that has been running for years and I'm pretty kind of sporadic in when I listen to it. I kind of just dip in and out whenever I see one that spikes my curiosity. Um, And if you haven't listened to it before, every episode is, as the title implies, a conversation with a particular guest. Um, And Richard Feidler is just like one of the best interviewers in terms of just drawing out just like the most wonderful insights and moments with whoever he's interviewing. So the episode that I listened to recently was with a man named Paul Davis, who is a cosmologist and astrobiologist. So his literal job is to search for life in the universe, which is amazing. Um, And he's also the author of a book called What's Eating the Universe. And basically this is 53 minutes of discussion on like these wild theories about the nature of the universe and existence and like theoretical physics and like the multiverse. And it's just, honestly, I love this shit. I was so bad at maths in high school. And this is just like pure maths essentially that you have to be able to do, which is so, it feels like magic to me. It's so beyond the way my brain works. So when you, when I sort of hear episodes with people who are really good at communicating about it, I just like can't get enough of it. Like they literally talk about there's this theory that there are multiple universes out of them and like talk about what would happen if one of those universes like bumped into our universe. <laughs> like what would happen? Because they've crunched the numbers and that is theoretically a possibility. Um, and they talk about oh, no. like, I didn't realize this, but the Bing, <laughs> the Big Bang Theory has actually only been around as a theory since the 60s kind of thought it had been around a lot longer than that. So all these ideas about like what might have existed before the Big Bang Ooh. and also like this really quite beautiful thing that it, the sort of fact that it's quite remarkable that human beings exist full stop but are also able to comprehend and study and understand the nature and laws of the universe, like that the universe created a creature capable of understanding it. It was just amazing and the scale of everything. My that, brain hurts. I know. So- it's like if you think about it too much, it's like, oh, God. Which is why it was it's really good lockdown listening because the scale of everything they're talking about is so huge and so incomprehensible. It made my brain feel like it was stretching while I'm, like, washing the dishes. And it also relaxes me because I'm like, the universe is so huge and we are so tiny and insignificant. And that is such a relief sometimes. Yeah. Like, what a relief. I do not matter. Great. <laughs> So if you two need something that's so enormous, it's terrifying and then circles back around to being soothing, I recommend Mystery of the Whole in the Universe on the Conversations with Richard Feidler podcast. And honestly, dive into his back catalogue. There's some really amazing gems in there. Tonal shift. Classic Fast Five. My next recommendation is for the Go Ginza Essie Nail Polish Colour. So I've had this one for a while, but it's really been having a moment lately in my at-home manicures. Um, It's just, it's my current favorite spring nail polish color. It's a really perfect pale lilac color. 
So lilac is having a moment. It's like a very it color. I feel like it's everywhere. And it's got like, this one's really nice because it's got like a slight pinkish hue to it. So it's not, like it's definitely purple, not pink, but it's not too cold. Like I sometimes think a purple color can kind of make your fingers look a little bit cold, yes. like dead. <laughs> like there's no blood flow. This one doesn't do it. It's very flattering. So that is Go Ginza, um, just Essie. Nice. I think you can get it at most chemists or you can get it at Mecca. Essie's the best brand for nail polish. Love it. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so third recommendation. Proceed with caution on this one. Apparently international travel from Australia will be back by the end of this year. Oh. I don't fully trust that that's true yet, but if it is, I will be going onto The Strategist, which is a part of the New York Magazine website, because they have done this Steal My Vacation series, which I think is a brilliant idea generally. That is just the best thing to kickstart like any feverish planning that you may or may not already have started doing. I'm personally thinking like, Let's spend May in the south of France or Menorca or something like that. Are you on board with that? Yes, yes. Okay, great. Ibiza. I want to go to Ibiza. Ibiza. I have already sent you some farmhouses, (laughs) some French farmhouses. Um, So it's a really simple concept. It's actually, you know, I think of it almost like a cousin of Highly Enthused. Every article is a detailed itinerary and rundown of someone's incredibly cool, chic holiday, either like a week in a farmhouse in Menorca or oh God, so a week in Dakar and Senegal or a hiking and backpacking trip through Montenegro or a road trip through Tucson or through Puglia. It's just like ultimate daydream fodder. And there's like there's actually some really useful links in there, like to French-based websites for holiday houses that have way more options than Airbnb does, um, to really good little restaurants. It's yeah, they're just great. Proceed with caution, as I said. If you're a bit skeptical about international travel opening up, maybe just bookmark this one for later on. But there's some really good gems in there if you are in the starting to daydream and plan about a holiday stage far out i am so ready (laughs) i'm so ready i've never (laughs) wanted to create a google map more yes it's just i can feel my fingers itching next one is for the hario cold brew jug i think you have this as well actually in your house yep alternative brewing great website Great website. So it's getting warmer now. And my local cafe has really recently started charging way too much for an iced latte, which makes me really cranky because it's just a fucking shot of espresso and you don't have to heat the milk. It's You just have to freeze the ice. It should be the same price. I don't understand. But anyway, I digress. I've been making my own cold brew using this Japanese cold brew jug. I'm not a particularly skilled at-home coffee maker, but this is so easy. You really can't go wrong. You can get these at the website Alternate Brewing or there's also Single Origin, I think, stocks them online or in person. Um, and you, all you need to do is get some of your favorite coffee beans from whoever your local coffee purveyor is. And unless you want to be grinding with a hot hand grinder for ages you can just ask them to grind it to I think it's a medium coarse grind or just tell them you're going to use it for cold brew Um, and then you literally you just put the grounds and cold water into the jug they've got an inbuilt filter and you just put it in the fridge overnight and then you wake up and you have cold brew yeah so easy so good it's so easy and then I just use it over the course of a week it can kind of last five days so you just yeah yeah it's so good having just a jug of it in the fridge just Mm. top you up as you need yeah all about the bulk batch brew cocktails batch brew cold brew zero effort (laughs) max output 
<laughs> exactly. So that's the Hardio cold brew jug. It's also really reasonably priced. I think it was like $35. So good. And then my last one for this week is a frisky one. Ooh. I haven't tried this yet, but it yeah, is. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> haven't um it's called the wheel of foreplay it is basically a combination between like wheel of fortune obviously and those sex dice that people give at like hens parties as gifts (laughs) but it does have some like actual like chops behind it it was created by a woman named brianie cole who hosts um the future of sex podcast and she's considered one of the foremost kind of um thinkers around sex technology and like all of those kind of cool, interesting areas. It's just a website, um, but it's really beautifully designed. It's got the most amazing illustrations and it has kind of like five different wheels that you can pick depending on your needs. One is for people who are in long distance relationships. One's just like your pretty standard, like sexy one. One's for like stuff that's a little bit kinkier. There's a solo one. Um, And then there's one that's less about like sex and more about building intimacy and getting to know your partner. So it's like question prompts and conversation prompts. So you just pick whichever one you want and then you click on it and it spins and then it will throw you up a prompt or an activity idea. As I said, it's like a really beautifully designed site, really fun, kind of silly and mix of silly and serious. Like one of the suggestions they have for couples under the playful header is you are an alien who took on the human form very recently and your partner has to teach you about sex for the first time. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Look, it's been 13 weeks of lockdown. If you're feeling a little bit bored, maybe you need to shake things up a little bit. Fine. So that is Wheel of Foreplay. Very cool. What have you got for me? Okay, fast five. Uh, my first one is another picnic season recommendation. It is a picnic blanket offering by a small creative studio in Sydney called Studio Search Party. Jerry Joy, who's one of the one half of the company and a really creative food stylist and recipe developer, she has been ice dyeing these linen tablecloths, and oh my god, they're so cool. They're so cool. They're so cool. They are are really vivid in color. I have a bright green one, but I want like all of them. Ice dyeing is different to tie dyeing in that you don't twist up the fabric to give you that ring of color that you get with tie dyeing because you're Mm. tying like a band around it. You basically just like scrunch up the fabric, dump a whole bunch of ice onto it and sprinkle the dye over the top. So as the ice melts, the color slowly melts through the water, like because it's um, powder, yeah, so it creates this kind of like painterly, splashy, watercolory, but also like kind of wacky pattern, Mm. really vivid colours because you can do different colours over the ice. It's not just one shade. Mm. They're awesome for summer picnics. They're kind of thick. They're not like really thin like bed linen. They are like a tablecloth-y, blanket-y weight, which is really nice. I believe they also do napkins. I have some napkins. Oh, yeah. Yes. Cool, cool, I have cool. the green napkins, but I need to get a picnic picnic blanket. For I'll bring sure. my green blanket. You bring your green napkins. And once our Venn diagram of five kilometers crosses over. <laughs> oh, my God. It'll just be a green ice dye extravaganza. <laughs> um, super fun. I think they're really limited. She makes them all herself, obviously. You cannot buy them on the internet. You just have to DM them um, at Studio Search Party. And, yeah. Really fun. Why not make your picnic just that a little bit more colourful? Uh, number two is another picnic hack <laughs> for people out there. <laughs> it's all we have, guys. It's all we have. <laughs> just sort of pizza. 
That's my hack. <laughs> Don't bother faffing around with like organizing stuff. Just get there, maybe bring a couple of bags of chips, some drinks, and then just order pizza. It's so easy. Bring your wine cooler, obviously. Yeah. So you don't have to picnic to eat this pizza, but it's very, very good. It is in Newtown on Australia Street opposite Continental Deli. It's called Westwood Pizza. And it's really small. I think it's been open just over a year perhaps. They make a limited number of pizzas per day and the best thing to do is order ahead. I ordered at like 3 o'clock for a 5.30 p.m. pickup because that's the time I eat dinner these days. And I was lucky that I did because it was that was the earliest I could get it um, because people had already pre-ordered. So, yeah, smart Sophie, smart Sophie. Fermented sourdough crust, the best flavour is one of their original flavours. It's fermented garlic honey, pecorino oh and God. black pepper. Oh, my God. At first I was like, oh, yeah, fermented garlic and honey. But no, no, that is one thing, fermented garlic honey. So they basically ferment the hun- the, they ferment the garlic inside the honey to, like, get it all juicy and delicious drizzle it all over it with pecorino shavings, fiorda latte, and just a really, really fragrant cracked black pepper on top. Oh my God. Honey on pizza is like a little bit of a thing. I know at Roberta's in New York, the mm. beasting pizza is very iconic of spicy salami and hot honey. But this is just so good. Like there's no tomato base. It's garlicky, honey, sweet, milky. It's just so good. Apparently some people order it for dessert, but I don't know about a dessert pizza, but it was really good. Um, So that is Westwood Pizza in Newtown. The next one is a TV show, Vigil on Binge. Have you been watching this? No, I have not. Well, it is a British submarine crime thriller. (laughs) (laughs) Niche. Uh, yeah, uh, type of show I have not watched before. Um, it is really addictive. There is just something about submarines that I find just so creepy. It's like that so creepy. closed space. It's a tiny like rabbit warrenness of it all. In this show, it's obviously the unresolved murder. <laughs> and the fact <laughs> Adds to the vibe. They can't send any messages. They can only receive them. Mm. This detective is going on onto the submarine to try and figure out what happened to this guy who died. Um, initially, they thought that, you know, he was punched to death. It's later revealed that he wasn't. And she was only meant to be on there for three days. And suddenly they're just like, no, you're here for three weeks. And she's like, oh, what? Like she's stuck on this ship. Um, it's really good. It's just next level. It's episode by episode, which is annoying, but, um, you know, how we used to watch television. (laughs) Yeah. It's just really sprawling, like multi-layered federal level mystery. It's just really good. Vigil on binge. And next one is a way to use up all those very cheap strawberries, which Mm. are going, um, cheap at the moment. It's cheer jam. (laughs) So I know you're not a breakfast girl, but you do like jam. I've never cooked with chia. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, man. I feel like I just, maybe just for Ned, like I just use it all the time. I go through (laughs) so much chia. But the cool thing about this is that you basically just blend like two cups of fresh strawberries in a blender to make a smoothie consistency. Then you just pop in a couple of tablespoons or like two to three tablespoons of chia stir it up and just let it sit for 10 minutes. And Chia does that awesome thing where as you soak it, it gets this kind of like membrane on the outside and it really thickens things. You can use it Mm. in place of eggs a lot of the time. It's a really nice, great source of fat. And 
it becomes this texture like jam. You can spread it. It's oh, really wow. thick, really glossy. It obviously has no sugar. You can sweeten it a little bit with uh, maple syrup or honey if you want, but I found that, you know, if you get really delicious ripe strawberries, you don't need it. You can use any fruit as well, mango, raspberries, blueberries, like anything you want. It's kind of like that chia pudding texture, I guess, but it's got fresh fruit, so it's like jam. Um, and, yeah, really good for babies because it doesn't – because of the fat with chia – it doesn't give you that sugar spike with fruit. It kind of like levels you out Hmm. Um, and you can freeze it as well. So really good recommendation for your toast breakfast or your little baby for some dessert. Uh, And to take us out, Soro, I've got a song. Oh, good. What is it? It is Lonely by Swamp Dog. (laughs) I don't think I've heard this one. It's so good. I feel like you can't help singing along to this tune. We're all a little bit lonely at the moment. I haven't seen you in three months. (laughs) It's terrible. But the end is in sight. We're not going to be lonely any longer. So we're going to be over everyone. We'll be over people. We'll be too socialized. Yeah, we'll be complaining about it in a couple of episodes. Don't worry. Can't wait. I can't wait to complain. <laughs> but that's it. I'm going to play it on our way out tonight. Um, but I wanted to also make special mention in September to our paid newsletter, which is really helping to support Food Bank Australia this month. So every new monthly sign up, the proceeds from the month of September will go directly to Food Bank. You can sign up at highlyenthused.substack.com. Every Friday we send a newsletter with all the links from every episode, but every month we send a special dedicated newsletter to paid subscribers only on a special theme. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at highly enthused. Send us an email, highlyenthused at gmail.com. Send us all your picnic ideas because that was sort of the alternate sub-theme of this episode, I feel like. True. P- picnics and pizza. We want to see you. We want to see you in action. We'll see you out and about in a park nearby. See you in a couple of weeks. See ya. Bye. Women don't want no other women, but you just seem to be like you gotta have every man in town, out of town too, I guess, because I be at work, I don't know what's going on. But I still love you and I want you. I mean, let's just give it a real try. Damn, I'm lonely, mama. I be working 16, 18 hours a day, and I come home. 